And then uh, a couple days later, he uh, said it was uh, high corn bourbon. And I already had my sip and looked at the answer, and I said, "I said no, it's it's not that." Um, and then he said, "Well, it's definitely not scotch." I'm like, "Okay." And he goes, "It's not that Indian swill." And I said, "No." He's like, "Well, it's not Japanese either." I go, "Okay." And then he was just had no other options to go to anywhere. I asked you if it was British, and you said, "Yeah." I no. asked you if it was British, and I said, "No." Completely I forgot, forgot about, about little- Ireland. Forgot about my little island that just kind of sits off and makes a lot of whiskey. But he thought it was a bourbon. Is that what it was, so he Irish? thought a bourbon was mm. single malt. Yeah, he thought a bourbon was single malt, and then a, bur- uh, a single malt was bourbon. So I was—I said it was a scotch. I was close. <laughs> I never claimed to be good at guessing things blind. You—you you made that assumption for me. <laughs> I just expected more out of you, Jamie, is all it was. <laughs> A podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. And I'm Gold Eagle Jake. Yay, lag's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, third time's a charm. <laughs> and today we are uh, continuing our series on the Big Six, talking about Maker's Mark. Um, but before we get into that, uh, we need to clear up some things from the last we, episode. The we need ever. to clear up some things, or you need to clear up something. That's a nice little sweater you have on that. Oh bottle. yeah, it it's is nice. right. Um, so last episode, Dan incorrectly stated that uh, <laughs> the Beam family had exclusively been distillers at Heaven Hill. Uh, so Parker and his son actually exited the company in the past, like, what, one or two years? No, it's and been a couple of distillers there. It's been about a decade, I think. No, it hasn't so, been that long. Well, since they exited, but the distillers haven't been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, there have been now uh, one or two distillers, two, I think, yep. since Parker retired um, that have not been Beam family members. So Wikipedia lied. Don't to you, don't... to you, not to me, because I do my research <laughs> from factual sources. Yeah. So don't listen to me. I guess is the moral of the story. Um, <laughs> I, I I think we've all known that for a while. <laughs> But just now having the facts to go with it and support my case makes yeah. everything better and the world right again. <laughs> Dan finally wins one. Yeah. I win a lot. Finally. <laughs> I take a lot of shit, but I'm more than the often right because I'm the one that does actual real research and not Wikipedia lookups. Jesus. Uh, all right. So Did moving he, on and, got and that trusting out of the air? In Dan. Yeah. All right. Cleared the air. Um, Jake, so, Jake's also no longer allowed to do research. We've no. made that. Thank God, because I was the only that. one doing research I, like, for a long time. The funny time. thing was, I wanted to be nice because we know Heaven Hill is like <laughs> the one distillery you could blow if you could. And I'm like, he's probably going to spend a lot of time researching this, knowing that I'm going to say stuff and then just try and be a jackass to me the entire time. So I, I said, hey, do you want to do this? And he's like, no, you don't really do the research. Just go ahead. And then he tries to overstep his bounds and correct me <laughs> on shit he has no idea what he's talking about with. So I'm just glad that you had the moxie to come on 
and say you were wrong under the guise of saying that I was wrong. I mean, yes. we all know, but I apologize. I was incorrect. Dan was correct. This would probably be the only time you hear that. <laughs> Don't think people I can't are believe you said out. that. <laughs> the humility he's having today is pretty good. Like this kid is changing him for the better. I think like this little baby yeah. is teaching him humility. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going to talk about makers. Uh, and this was, if you've listened to us for a while, makers was actually the whiskey that got me over the hump and into straight whiskey. So I was trying to get into whiskey. Makers is the first one that I had that I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, and was able to drink neat. And that's was kind of my springboard into uh, bigger and better and now way more expensive things. Uh, so thank you makers mark for that, which is funny because I still like makers a lot, but I had to buy a bottle of makers for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Like it's got a place in my heart. I love the flavor, but yet I didn't have anything on my shelf. So I had to go buy one. Well, it, it, it is one of those brands that's easy to overlook because it is typically always there. Um, Super so easy to overlook. Yeah, it's it's not something that uh, if you're out looking for something new, you don't get grab makers. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's understandable. Know, I've noticed I've noticed a ton with people, too, when you when they're shopping and they you recommend makers, you start talking about makers. Uh, more times than not, their response is, oh, yeah, I've had makers. I know makers. You know, it's it's whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But they don't really, really know makers or they haven't tasted makers recently um, because, I mean, I could, we could this could be a three hour episode. We could talk all day. I love Makers Mark. I know you guys like Makers Mark. Um, there's just so there's so many cool things that they're doing. And we'll kind of get into that in a second. Um, but why don't we start with a little bit of uh, backstory? There, Ooh, good segue. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. segue. So it's not nearly, I mean, Maker's Mark Distillery itself is not nearly as old as a lot of the ones we've been trying out. So the Maker's Mark Distillery has only been around since 1953. It does have a lot longer history than that, though. Uh, so it dates back to Robert Samuels. Back in the Revolutionary War, uh, fought under George Washington's Continental Army. And he made whiskey, and he made whiskey for the troops when he was in war, which I think it's like a second or third time we've talked about whiskey and war in the same sentence, which is just mm-hmm. just fun. Um, it's morale boosting, Dan. Yeah. So it's this. it was started with the Samuels family. It still is with the Samuels family. Um, but he started making whiskey. Family recipe kept going on, and then uh, Robert Samuels' grandson, T.W., started the first commercial distillery in 1844 uh, and they produced whiskey out of there for a hundred years. As we go through the 1800s, 1900s, uh, T.W. Samuel's uh, great grandson, Bill uh, was kind of starting to take over things and he did not like the whiskey at all that they were producing. He thought it was like, as Jake would say, swill. Uh, He thought it was pretty harsh. Um, and wasn't a big fan of the flavor profile. So once he took over, he actually sold the distillery and then burnt the family recipe and decided he wanted to come up with something new instead. And as he was experimenting, he didn't want to sit around and wait for years for stuff to age. So when he was trying to come up with new mash bills, he baked, he used the mash bills to bake bread. 
And then whatever bread mm. he thought had the best flavor profile was the mash bill he was going to use to make whiskey. And that was using soft red winter wheat, uh, which a lot of places use. We use it at Whiskey Acres, too. Uh, there's quite a few places that use it now these days. But that's how the so recipe like, was. I'm, I'm assuming that he was always going to use wheat in his mash bill then, it, right? It didn't say everything he went through, but it just said he went through. But it was figured that if he wanted something smoother to drink, that wheat would be the yeah the big ingredient. Um, and I thought that, yeah, I thought that was the story. It was always going to be wheat because he wanted something just smooth and sweeter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and everything at that point was pretty much a grain whiskey or a high rye or rye bourbon. Yep. Um, settled on the soft winter wheat. Uh, his wife then came up with the name Maker's Mark and designed the bottles and labels and everything. And they started producing Maker's Mark under the name Maker's Mark in 1953. When they went to the market, they went as the premium uh, bourbon was kind of their tagline. So they went in at a high price point, very similar to like what Woodford Reserve did in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, this was in the 50s, obviously, before the big uh, fallout of bourbon. So it was kind of a marketing ploy of, hey, we're going to have something new, a little bit higher end than most people were selling. And that's how they went to market. The one unique thing about the bottle is it's one of the few American whiskeys that on the bottle is spelled W-H-I-S-K-Y and not Mm -hmm. W-H-I-S-K-E-Y. You'll see the whiskey without the E for a lot of scotches and things. The reason they did that uh, for this American whiskey was the Samuel family does have some, uh, their ancestors come from Scotland. So it was kind of a tie into their family history. And that's why there is uh, a no E on there. They're also one of the very few big bourbon brands that only make one label. Uh, there's a, there's Maker's 46 and a few other things they do in their private selects, but Maker's Mark only makes Maker's Mark whiskey. We only um, have one mash bill. They only have one mash bill. They only have one. I mean, they have a couple of labels, but it's all. I mean, and everything. 46. I was going to say everything starts as Maker's. So whatever yeah. they do, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, when, when Bill Samuels Jr., started getting really involved. He really kind of wanted to do something different, um, but he didn't want to alter the mash bill. Didn't want to alter, uh, you know, what type of grains they were using. Um, didn't want to alter the aging process because, uh, maker's mark is one of the few distilleries that actually rotates by hand every Mm -hmm. single barrel to ensure consistency. Um, so they didn't want to change any of that. You know, they couldn't have like top floor versus low floor um, batches. Well, and they're fully climate controlled in their warehouses, yeah. no. right? No, 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 no. Yeah. Just, just the Makers 46 warehouses. Is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, yeah. So so everything they do. So his, his challenge was, you know, craft, craft whiskey, craft bourbon starting to become a thing. We need to create more labels, but we can't do a new mash bill. We can't do a new char because everything has to start with Maker's Mark. So that was their mm-hmm. challenge on how to come up with more whiskeys. So his first thing was Maker's 46. Um, and it was actually the first uh, finished bourbon that was sold commercially um, for, a, for a full time, not like a special release mm-hmm. one-off thing. It was the first full-time commercial bourbon that was finished. Um, so they kind of pioneered that. And uh, that they took regular Maker's Mark and they finished it for eight weeks in that climate-controlled rickhouse um, with the uh, with the Maker's Forty Six staves. 
in the barrel as we know. Um, and then from there, um, I mean, they have all these different expressions just based on proof. The makers 101 is regular makers at 101 proof. Um, the cash mm -hmm. strength is just uncut makers mark. None of it's aged longer. It's just the exact same thing, um, you know, bottled differently. They well, all, and, and they, that's the thing with they, aging is they don't put an age statement on it because they are not concerned with how old it is. They have a flavor profile they're trying to hit. Right. Whenever that barrel hits that flavor profile, it comes off. So they're not, their big thing is consistency is this is the maker's mark flavor profile we're trying to get out of our distillate, out of our uh, aged whiskey. Once it's here, then we're going to go ahead and do different things with different staves uh, and stuff like that. But other than that, they stay, they're very strict. They're very uh, to their, to their original set or what they, what they've always done. Yeah. I, I thought their average barrel is somewhere between like six to seven years. Yeah. It's usually it's like five to seven. Yeah. yeah. It's, and if you're mm -hmm. uh, make like uh, they have an ambassadors program, it's a, a free thing you can sign up for. And when you sign up, your name goes on a barrel. Dan's super disappointed with. <laughs> yeah. Usually they gave out cool Christmas presents. And this year they decided to be Grinches. Um, probably why I didn't want to buy a bottle. It's uh, they ruined Christmas, but um no, but like definitely sign up for the ambassador program if you yeah. haven't, because it's yeah. free and you you do they do send you some things that yeah. are free. <laughs> you, you, get, you get I have it somewhere. I have to. I did dig it out. I can dig it out when someone else is talking. But they send you like business cards for an ambassador. They send you a certificate. Uh, your your name is on a barrel, and you can go online and check the process of the barrel. So it starts off as it goes through getting filled, and then they have a couple of dates that you can go and check. And it's when they're checking the barrel for certain things. And after two years, it's like, all right, it's going to sit for the next three years. We'll, we'll test it in five years and see where it's at. Um, once you, you can buy certain ambassador gifts with your actual, your actual barrel number on it, if you like. And then once your barrel is ready to be dumped as an ambassador, you can go down there um, and you get like get first a crack at it, or yeah, first get crack buy a bottle it. that it was it was blended that blend is part of, yeah, um, and and dip, um, and dip your wax and get a special tour. And they'll do like four custom labels. They'll they'll make a label with your name on it. Hmm. Say so it was from your barrel. It, so kind of cool. even if you're not a fan of makers, it's fun because if it happens, like let's say your barrel happens to be ready, sometime you're looking to go down to Kentucky to do some things. How cool would it to go? Uh, get a special tour just because you signed up for a free thing online at Makers and mm -hmm. uh, get a first crack at a whiskey that had your name on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's super but, cool. Um, yeah. So I I do want to mention again, <clears throat> this is the only one of the big six that only has one mash bill. And it is pretty impressive um, because they have maybe like – five or six different expressions out of that one mash bill. And it's just basically variations on, you know, the, the same base whiskey, um, but they do have drastically different flavors. Um, same, it, same. Sorry. I was going to yeah, say go same mash bill and also like the same age, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, that's it, pretty it, rare. Yeah, not even, not even like you said, changing char levels or changing, you know, barrel type or anything like that. It's just, uh, you know, stave finishing and, uh, 
proof basically. Um, so it, it is pretty, pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Um, where, you know, a lot of other, uh, of these big six distilleries are doing all kinds of crazy experiments. Like we talked about last week with Jim beam to try and get, you know, flavor differences. Um, so it, it's just a very different way of approaching the problem of new, new marketable products. And their, uh, their SKUs can give you just the everyday SKUs that are on the shelf can give you a really, really interesting tasting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you'll, you'll pick up completely different flavors when you go from their regular 90 proof up to the 101 proof up to the cash strength. And then to the Maker's 46, which is finished um, in French oak. And I mean, completely different flavors from whiskey to whiskey. And the first three is the exact same thing, just bottled at a different proof. And it's amazing how different they are. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of one of the last things to talk about with Maker's is the trademarked red wax hand dip. I think we have a lot of things to talk about. Well, I, yeah, but... They're normal. So every single wax dip is or top is hand dipped uh, in red wax. That's a trademark logo. Jose Cuervo tried tried to infringe upon that and got struck with a lawsuit. So it is illegal to hand dip whiskey or any type any liquor bottle in red wax. Uh, no, no, no. It, I will. I shall clarify on that. Yeah, it's to let drip. it drip. Drip. Yep. Because um, it was funny. Um, uh, so Bell Gloss, though, if you've heard of the wine, Bell Gloss, they, theirs is, their tops are dipped in, um, are dipped in red wax. And, um, why can't I think of the master distiller's name from Bardstown Bourbon Company who used to be at Makers? He's been to the store three times. Mm-hmm. What's <laughs> his name? Such a great store owner there, Jake. <laughs> um, you guys know his name. I'm I'm blanking on it right now. Uh, Steve Nally. Um, So Steve Nally was the master distiller at Maker's Mark for 20 years. Um, He's now at Bardstown Bourbon Company. But uh, either way, he was in the store doing a bottle signing for Bardstown Bourbon Company. And he noticed this Bell Gloss wine. And him and his wife pick it up. And they're like, "How, how are they... How are they able to, or his wife picked it up. She was like, how are they able to do this? They shouldn't be able to do the red wax. And then Steve comes over and he's like, ah, cause it's not dripping down. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So there's, that's a one few, of the- there's a few bourbons that do it like Garrison dips. Um, I've seen some smaller, smaller, like craft labels do the dips, but yeah, they're all very clean when they're uh, at like the mm-hmm. the cutoff point. So yeah, that's an, that's an interesting. Little, I did see for the first thing. time last year around the 4th of July, they had one red and blue dipped. Yeah. And with both drips coming down, but I think, I think they did. Well, yeah, I, they, they used to do that for the Cubs. I don't know if that was still a Cubs thing, um, mm. But yeah, they do do like every once in a while for different markets. They do like special multicolored dips. Yeah. And what's also it, funny about the dip uh, is uh, like one bottle out of every bottling line run, they over dip. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever noticed thing, that, but like dunk the thing way yeah. in. Yeah, 
Yeah, like sometimes we'll find a bottle on the shelf that is just like overly, Covered. overly dipped, and that's actually the the maker's cash strength that I have. Um, I took mm. just because of, I didn't know about that. And it was like the whole thing was like covered in wax. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Someone made a mistake. But later I figured out like one bottle out of every run they do on the bottom of the line, they overdip. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Proves that it's hand dipped. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I have done. I've, I've dipped my own. I say that's, maker's that's one of the things you can do when you're down that's there a cool is thing. Go, yeah. go dip your own bottle. Mm-hmm. But no, it's um, obviously we have ties to uh, to Maker's Mark with Whiskey Acres with having Dave Pickerel, one of the former Maker's Mark master distillers, come and teach us how to do everything. But um, was he the like, longest tenured master distiller at Maker's? I don't, I don't know for sure how long he was there. It was definitely like twenty something years, right? I don't know if it was that long, but it was quite a while. Okay. I know Steve Nally was 20, and uh, I should have mentioned his story is kind of cool because he started as uh, Maker's Mark like janitor um, and just oh. kind of worked his way up all the way to like, Master uh, Distiller. Greg Metz? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Greg Metz and I think Elmer, TLE. Oh, yeah. Started yep. that way too. Back in the old days when you had to work mm-hmm. for your job. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, so one of the, so with only having basically the one whiskey that they create where they have gotten created is on their purse or private select barrels. Mm-hmm. And that is not, they don't do single barrels. Uh, you can't just go down there and get a single barrel of maker's mark. Like a lot of other people do. They have a little bit different process and Jake, you're pretty familiar with that. You guys recently did one as well too. We um, did recently do one. I've done probably 20 of these Maker's Mark private selects now. Um, I mean, I can't talk about this program enough, and I'm in about about to get super excited and geek out a little here. Because um, <laughs> it, it is by far, in my opinion, the best barrel picking, single barrel experience, whatever you want to call it. It is by far the most hands-on uh, and most fun experience out of any distillery that I've done. And I've probably done over 200 different barrel picks. So when, when barrel picks were first becoming a thing, um, you know, the, the team at Maker's Mark, this was their story on how they come up with the private select. The team at Maker's Mark goes, well, we can't really do barrel picks because if we roll out five barrels for a customer that comes in to pick a barrel of Maker's Mark, they should all taste exactly the same. Because they rotate their barrels and they're doing everything the same. So that, like Dan said earlier, consistency is their key. Um, mm-hmm. So they should all taste exactly the same. And there's really not going to be any fun or, uh, you know, any hype in picking and selling a single barrel. People just aren't going to get excited over it because everyone you find should taste the same if the team is doing their job with the consistency aspect. So the solution that they came up with was why don't we let stores or people come in and create their own blend by using different finishing staves, just like how they do with makers 46. So makers 46 is finished with 10, uh, makers 46 staves. And that's a proprietary, uh, stave combination that they created. Um, and now when you go in to do the private select, you get to choose from, 
the Maker's 46 stave and four other types of wood. Um, there's like a seared French cuvee stave, uh, roasted French Mondiant stave, which is kind of like chocolatey and nutty. Um, so there's all these different types of oaks, all these different types of toasts that make up these different stave profiles. And when you're picking a barrel or picking a blend, there we go. Um, baked American pure. That's one of the staves, uh, obviously American oak, um, nice and roasty and vanilla and just very, uh, kind of like, I don't know, baked, I guess. Um, <laughs> Great then, description. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how they kind of <laughs> explain it. Like instead of a fiery charred barrel, you know, it's a very slow bake and a low temperature in the oven. So you kind of pick up a little more of those caramely and vanilla notes. Um, <laughs> but so when you're picking a barrel of Maker's Mark, um, first you have to taste all the different expressions just to kind of see how the different proof affects Maker's Mark. Then you taste each of those five staves on their own. Um, as if, uh, you know, as if Makers 46 was made with these other staves. Um, and then from there, that's when you start trying to figure out, all right, how am I going to blend these different five staves and what combination am I going to use? Which, by the way, there's a thousand and one different combinations. Uh, so it's almost impossible to create the same one twice, even though we've come like one or two staves off uh, multiple times. And the cool thing about that is when you get one or two stave different, the whiskey will taste completely different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We saw that we did the alien blend and the predator blend with the adventures club. Uh, they were one stave apart and they tasted completely different. And we wanted to bottle both of those just to show people like how, if you tweak one little thing, wood science just completely takes over um, and can give you something that you're, you just weren't expecting at all. Um, so you, that you process, can use, as few or as many of that that uh, stave as you want, right? Like yeah, you can you have, have like one stave, total. or you can use no. 10. You have to use ten. Yeah, oh, you, you have, have to, to use 10? ten. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but I mean, you could <laughs> not use three of them and do five and five or six and four of just two of the staves. Um, so it's completely up to you. You could use right. ten of one and zero on the rest. It just has to be ten. So you can't go over, okay. can't go under. Um, so you're, you're sitting there blending. It's about a four hour long process. Um, you're pretty sloshed at the end of say, it. It sounds there's like no, you're going to be very no, sober. There's no chance you're driving out of that tasting. Um, <laughs> anytime we do one of these barrel picks, we make sure everybody has a ride at the end. Um, cause it's a lot more drinking than you think. I mean, think about it. We're already like 10 tastes in before we start blending. And then mm -hmm. once you start blending, you got to make sure what you're blending tastes good. So it could take you 10 to 15 blends until you finally land on the one that you want to bottle. And at that point, you're 20 to 25 tastes in. Um, so I've, I've learned after the first couple um, that you definitely need a spit for the, for the opening before you start mm. actually blending um, or else your palate's just going to be too fatigued and you're not going to taste much. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a super cool uh, hands-on experience, by far the best barrel pick experience. I mean, when it comes to picking a barrel, most of the time you're just getting three options, five options, and you're picking which one you like the best. Um, it's, it's a cool experience. It's a fun experience, but it's nowhere near what you're doing with makers on creating an entire blend, um, your own way. Yeah, it's, it, I, I'm all kind of surprised because they have a rep or is it like a 
local rep that comes out to do those tastings or who, who puts those on? Yeah, they do have, his name's Greg. Um, really, really awesome dude. He's, he's come to do a couple master classes at the store before, but he, he lives in Chicago and he covers the Midwest. So we're lucky to have him right here. Um, and these barrel picks are actually not, I mean, they're like semi allocated. They're not, I hate using that word, but, um, you know, they're, it's not just like anyone can just go to maker's mark and do a pick. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he, Greg is in charge of the whole program. He only has a certain amount that he gets for each state every year. Um, we're lucky to be on such good terms with him that he pretty much doesn't give us a limit. Um, and that's actually end up, that's, that's why we end up doing so many is because, there's people that want to do these and buy the whole barrel themselves. Um, and they get turned down at most stores and they get turned down at the distillery. And then they find that we're able to get them this barrel. So it ends up going through us, which is pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's a cool, I, I wish I could have done that process this year, but just didn't work out to get up there. Um, I, I'm almost surprised that you don't proof that stuff down a little bit farther just to be able to uh, hold your own a little bit more. Um, obviously, you, you don't get the full finished style effect, but I guess when you're you trying spit. just the different staves, because um, that, that's what I, that was the one thing I remember from Buffalo Trace is their tasters do everything down at 20% alcohol. Yeah. Uh, they taste everything there to get the flavors, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you could do whatever you want. They pour it for you in a Glencairn, but um, in the, I think in, in the heat of the moment, um, that's your only opportunity to try yeah. these different makers' expressions that are never going to get bottled. So, right. um, you know, it's it's a it's a cool thing to be a part of. That's for sure. I'm not I'm not saying that people shouldn't go and not get drunk at these things. Like that's not what I'm against. <laughs> no, I know. Because <laughs> mm. I'm all for that. Um. But and also, I think it's worth mentioning the whiskey is really, really, really good. Yeah, like consistently does well in blind tastings. Um, you know, it, it it's it's about, comes out at about 110 proof because that's where Makers is on their cast strength. Um, yeah, that's so what my my 46 cast strength is 110. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't <clears throat> say. It's not like a soft drinker where it tastes like you're drinking 90 proof. Like it definitely tastes like 110 proof, but Mm -hmm. it's packed with flavor. Every single private select that you get is going to taste different. Um, And it's going to be really good in its own way. Um, I've definitely had some that are better than others, but I have not had one that I didn't like. What was better, Alien or Predator? I like Alien a little bit better. Um, Aliens a little more creamy, a little more milk chocolatey, whereas Predators definitely a little more spicy. Um, so if you like a little more oak and a little more punch and spice, then go for Predator. If you just like a more well-rounded, creamy milk chocolate type of bourbon, go for Alien. Um, I think it's a perfect time for a coupon code. Ooh, let's do. Drop it. Ooh. Um. I don't think it's going to be better than the last coupon code. Um, no. Unfortunately. Um, no, let's do okay. let's do BM for Bourbon Matters. Um, BM. Mark. BM Mark PS. 
I hope that's not too long, but BM Mark PS for private select. So there's going to be 10% off on Maker's private select. So BM Mark PS. Um, 10% off all makers private selects, which by the way, at the time that this podcast airs, um, the price on those is $69.99. We do have another nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do have another makers barrel on the way that's going to arrive in early January and the price has gone up on these since then. Um, so the new retail price will be $74.99 or $79.99. Um, so if you, if you do want to jump on some makers, mark private selects, um, it is a really, really good time to buy price wise. Yeah. You've got four on the shelf right now. We've got four. Um, you've got alien predator. We might have sounding one that I can't pronounce. And then, um, yeah. And then we, yeah, we, yeah, we might have five, but I, I know two of them are really low um alien predator we have probably about 30 40 bottles of and then brett's blend is really low um whatever's on the shelf is left for that and so is the clinveld i think there's only like six bottles left of that um and then uh you have jake's blend jake's blend's gone no okay hmm one weird alien predator (laughs) clinveld it's weird understand how yeah, that would I'll, I'll hype up predator um jake's was I, really good i, I like uh the jake's predator was too good lot. it sold out quick <laughs> <laughs> mm. but here's a cool thing to note um so every year they take away a stave and they add a new stave mm-hmm. so jake's blend was focused around um toasted f- no what was it um it was a chocolate stave that they took away and replaced with the roasted French Mondion. Um, it was some yeah. kind of another, it was another chocolate stave, but either way. Um, roasted French mocha. Oh, you do you have Jake's blend over there? Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, that is, that's a rare bottle. So Not open. Roasted, Weird. <laughs> so, so focus on, focus on the roasted French mocha. Um, they do let you go back and repeat any barrel that you've already done. Otherwise, we could not go back and use that roasted French mocha stave. So oh, that's something that I have in my back pocket for possibly a couple years down the road. We might bring back Jake's Resurrect it. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do have a lot of people that talk about it and ask me about it. Um, I mean, part of the reason why it sold out so quick was because... It's really, really good. Part of the reason why it sold out so quick is because that roasted uh, mocha stave, people knew it was going away. Um, and then the other reason, too, is I was obviously out there hand selling it. Um, <laughs> so, hmm. <laughs> but I, I guess, is, I'm pretty I sure that's really my good. favorite one that we've tried at the, the various tastings. Yeah, um, I've had a lot of people say that. So thank you. Jake, I guess to tie into the other podcast you work on that's on 80s movies, Alien or Predator movie better. Mm. Ooh, that's a – well, Alien is like 79, I think, so it doesn't technically qualify. Round Al- up. Aliens is fucking badass. Shit. It's <laughs> such a good movie. Um, so mm. I'd pick Aliens over Predator, but Predator's also awesome. Okay. 
All right, gets, I just want to do a little to see an alien rip somebody's spine out and like <laughs> fling it around. It's pretty cool. <laughs> just trying to do some cross promotion. Don't need a whole thanks, history thanks, lesson. Thanks, Dan. That podcast is called Movie, <laughs> Movie Matters because <laughs> Dan wouldn't say the actual name. <laughs> no, I'm not advertising for someone else on my show without money. Um, no, I. Uh, so I'm I'm drinking a private select. It's four of the. Baked American Pure, two Makers 46, two Roasted French Mondiant, and two French uh, uh, Toasted French Spice. Um, I bought this one specifically because the name on it was called Gun Store Ham, which just holds a place in my heart because um, I grew up in a small town. And we we you couldn't buy ham at the gun store, but they did have meat raffles there every once in a while. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Figures they send that barrel out to DeKalb. I bought this in the city, my friend. Like, like city proper city of Chicago. Um, so yeah, no, it's, well, that that fits too. Gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lot of cherry and toasted oak on the nose. Um, all the makers very soft, very easy on the palate. Um, this one's just at 108.6 proof. Um, I always, like I, like I said, I didn't have makers on the shelf before I bought this one. And then I just had my first couple sips of it. And I always wonder why I don't have different makers on the shelf. Because it's one of the, I, I mean, it, it has, I mean, different style of wheat, but a weeded whiskey has the same kind of properties of weather where it's very smooth, very easy drinking. I don't know why people go crazy for, I mean, this, I mean, Jake, if you had one antique 107 Weller sitting on the shelf, that'd be gone in a 108 proof makers private select that's been handpicked with different staves would sit way longer. But yet this is such a robust flavor. It's got um, layers to it for being so soft and simple. Like an onion? Like an onion. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I, I always enjoy Maker's Mark. I've never really been upset whenever I've had a pour of any type of Maker's Mark. And I think I would say that Maker's 46 is probably one of the best normal standard on the shelf whiskeys you can go in anytime and get. But that's yeah. that's my that's my I thoughts mean, I, on it. I, I was actually going to say I'm drinking the, the Maker's 46 cast strength um, that I got as a gift. I think it's a housewarming present. I just flipped it all over my desk. Um but uh, it's very good. <laughs> um, I do uh, really like their cask strength offerings. Um, they're excellent. Even the Makers 101 is fantastic. Um, I absolutely loathe the normal Makers Mark. Um, I don't even like to use it in cocktails. Um, but every every other proof point that they put out is fantastic and even the regular 46 at like what is it 96 proof on the regular 46 94 94 is is good um but yeah i just don't like the regular one but that's just me um but yeah this is fantastic um and you know you you brought up weller i would put this up against Full proof might not be the right matchup, but one of the 107. Wellers, one hundred seven probably, and I I bet this would whip its ass because it's really good. So I much more flavor, ass, but I would I yeah, would say I, a good fight. We we know how Weller does in the blinds. 
But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, so is... much more flavor. I had a poor my my, <laughs> my favorite my favorite makers is definitely the the one hundred and one outside of the private selects because that's a whole nother ball game. But mm-hmm. um, the one hundred and one to me is just a perfect proof point of makers. And you know me, I love higher proof bourbons. Um, I love the maker's cash strength, but I do find a lot of variation from bottling to bottling. Um, Cause you can find some at 108 proof. You can find some at 114 proof. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you get for, for how consistent makers is, I do find a little bit of variation in the cash strength. Um, but the 101 to me is absolutely perfect. Um, tons of flavor and still at a really, really drinkable proof point, um, which unfortunately we had a ton of, um, and we thought it was going to be kind of like an everyday release, but now I guess it's not, it's just kind of be going to be like sparingly, um, Mm. a couple times a year, but I'm actually drinking. I hate that I got to show this and do this, but the cellar aged. Oh, there you go. That was phenomenal. And for the record, this bottle did not come from Gold Eagle. Um, shout out to <laughs> sure shout <didn't>. out to <laughs> we we got we got two of these. I mean, that's how small of a release yeah. this is. And wow. we did we did what like five or six barrels with Maker's Mark this year, and we got two bottles of the of the Cellarage. <laughs> um, it was a very very small release. I, I have friends that waited in line at five in the morning uh, when we were down in Kentucky. Uh, a couple people left the Airbnb to get there at like five or six in the morning and they didn't even get a bottle at the distillery when they were releasing them. Um, so kind of ridiculous, but shout out to Greg, uh, Maker's Mark rep I was talking about earlier. Um, he, he brought a full bottle, poured it for everybody that was doing that uh, Maker's Blend um, and then at the end left me the bottle. So that's nice. how... I'm drinking this bottle. Um, that but, is a phenomenal bottle, by the way. I was I was lucky enough to take a get a sample of it, and I thought that that was fantastic. You What's know, the proof on that? it's it's it is really good. Um, let's see, one fifteen point seven. Oh, okay. So, I've this is for sure the highest proof makers mark because i've never seen any of them above 114 and even to find like a 114 is um pretty rare hmm. um but 13 percent whiskey aged 11 years 87 percent whiskey aged 12 years um all the additional aging was done in that temperature controlled rick house where makers 46 is um you know they're they're probably making a ton of this right now and there's a ton to come mm-hmm. um and i do think I do think it was very cool that they did this, um, you know, just to kind of create a new element of Maker's Mark. And again, it, they just took regular Maker's Mark and then they decided to rebarrel it and age it for an additional, uh, you know, however many years until they thought this was ready. But I will say I did this in a tasting with five or six different private selects and the consensus was um, there's just more complexity in the different private selects if you find mm-hmm. a good private select yeah yeah um you know not not every private select is going to be better than this but i think it was pretty obvious when we sat down and did this tasting that there's just more depth and more variation um in the private selects than there is in in this which it's really good it's a little bit one-dimensional um you can you can taste additional layers of oak 
that aren't there in the regular maker's mark. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a little more depth here, um, but there's just not as much. uh, I I think there's not as much flavor as the maker's private selects. That's probably my biggest beef with makers is you don't get the oak notes that I really like. Um, But it's probably just because of all that consistency and um, relatively shorter aging period. Um, but I, I mean, that's, I think that's why the 46 is like successful is because it adds that additional dimension of the French oak and, and gives you a little bit more of that kind of, uh, the woody notes that, that someone like me is looking for. Mm-hmm. I will say this is, uh, probably the first maker's mark where I, I have thought that it tastes much lower than the proof it tastes like 100 105 proof yeah it i i know people are gonna probably sound shocked by this but i've been uh, extremely skeptical of bottles when i get to know when i know what it is and i'm drinking it and it's a hard to find label i seem to be a little bit more hard on them and that's one of the few that i got to try this year um that i've been uh been really really happy with even though i came in with pretty hard skepticism on it so yeah, that's one where I I probably would have been skeptical of it too. I have not gotten to try that yet, but I'll I'll take Dan's word for it. Yeah, so I just logged in. I trust in. Jake's judgment. I just I don't always trust Dan. Yeah, even, even though we've 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 uh, we found out how wrong you are on so many things, <laughs> some I'm not even going to bring up on the podcast because I want to embarrass you. Um, oh no, do it. <laughs> we're it's Advent calendar season. Yeah, don't twist my arm for this. I was going to let you go scot free. This is on you. So, we, oh, this is going to this was the intro. Oh, it was it, it is in the intro. All right, I know if you're going to cut that out. I figured you'd edit this the uh, shit out of you being awful. But uh, Jake, of the first three whiskeys we tried in our advent calendar, the first one Jake said was definitely a single malt, and it was a Kentucky bourbon, and the third was a. He, I guess not, he didn't say bourbon, but he not, said high Not corn. Gold Eagle Jake, for the record. Yeah, not Gold Eagle Jake. <laughs> the, the one that's already had to apologize for being wrong from last Look, time. Look, um, I never the, claimed to be good at blind tastings. <laughs> I will say the last the couple of the ones you've done okay on were, except for the uh, the one the other day was, this is definitely not Buffalo Trace, and it was Stag. All, it, it did not taste like Buffalo Trace. That day, that, yeah, um, I was having issues that day. My allergies are really bad. Just, yeah, just he's he's used the allergy thing seven days in a row. <laughs> um, he's he's using allergy allergies, season, and there's man. snow on the ground. Like <laughs> there's no pollen anywhere, but uh, mold, dust. <laughs> I'm allergic to everything, Dan. Uh, um, so I just pulled up my, I logged into my ambassador account on makers mark website because we've been talking about it. Mm -hmm. So my barrel was barreled on January 12th, 2021. It's currently at two years, 11 months. And it said barrel expected maturity five to seven years. So two years at the two year checkpoint, they check the barrel for leaks after three years, they're going to sample it. And then uh, three years, two months, they rotate it. And then after five years, they start perfecting the taste on it. It's kind of the history. So you get to watch go through all the steps. Um, got my little ambassador number, my barrel number and everything. So 
Don't give that out. Someone might steal your barrel. <laughs> uh, if you are looking for a last-minute Christmas gift, you can also go on the Maker's website. They have their little Maker's holiday label where you can go oh, yeah. and have them print out a label with a to and from on it, and you can put the names on there, and they'll print the label and ship it to you, I believe. Heaven Hill's doing that for Elijah Craig, too. Hmm. Just gotta, Woodford gotta does that, too, I think. <laughs> but you there's, can go on that if you, know, if you need something last minute. Um, yeah, no, the Ambassador Program, if, if you like whiskey, just go on their website. Just search for the Maker's Mark Ambassador. You got to take a quick little test after you watch a three or five minute history video, and then you become a certified ambassador, and then they don't give you Christmas gifts anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're so bitter about not getting the like. Can you $5 tell your buddy Christmas that uh, from Makers that I want my Christmas gift this year? Damn it! <laughs> like I like their Christmas gift this year was like, oh, we're having ten different events throughout the U.S. where you can go and drink Makers for free with other people. It's like, okay, that's great if you live in one of those 10 areas in the United States. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's a good idea. They're, Give me uh, my gift. Ma- I'm a materialist Makers- person, Jake. Give me my materials. Makers is also, speaking of materials, very big on uh, environmental things. Um, they're they're huge on uh, on all that stuff. I mean, I, well, they're, I don't want Their wanna- warehouse, the climate controlled, is solar. Yeah, I don't I don't want to misquote anything, but I'm pretty sure everything they do is like uh, completely um, either either, you know, regenerative uh, energy or, you know, whatever, whatever they're doing. Yeah, they're 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 working to get zero energy. I think I'm pretty sure. Didn't they? Uh, They're not there yet, but I thought it was in the 2030s. They're expected to be net zero. But I know Mm -hmm. they switched over to a lot of renewable resources. Dan, fact check me on this. But I believe that they like set up a conservation area too, on the property, um, around the lake. Uh, on the property, they also take really good care of their employees. Last time uh, I was at Makers, Greg was talking to me about how um, it's just really, really hard to get a job with Makers because they take really good care of their employees, and there's a huge, huge waiting list of people that want to work there. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to read through this whole thing, but they operate. Uh, it says that they're uh, investing in trees and crop species to ensure whiskey sectors viability for generations to come or decades I, to come. They have like a direct partnership with a farm close yeah, by, yeah, I believe. The 100 acre mm-hmm. farm. They have yeah. a uh, working with a white oak initiative. Um. For planting white they have oak their trees. B Corp certification, which is pretty hard to do, especially for a company that big. Mm-hmm. But no, That's cool the, distillery doesn't have as regenified much... certification. I don't I know what I that means. <laughs> I don't know. Should have done more research, but the only uh, or yeah, actually Dan, world's, Jesus Christ, world's first distillery. <laughs> To achieve regenified a tier two certification, whatever that means, sounds like they're doing something good with renewables. Yes. Yeah. So, um, good for them. Great. Oh, no, cool. Cool. Wish distillery. I knew more about not, that to uh, talk about it, but yeah, not not a big robust history, but definitely they're big. I, th- I think the one thing you can see from everything they've done is they want 
they hold everything to a pretty high standard. Um, starting with their whiskey with the one mash bill, everything's going to be very similar with some small final changes at the end for the select program. But uh, we're going to hold ourselves to very high standards whiskey making, which is why they came out with kind of the original premium bourbon um, and still produce a lot of premium products to this day. You guys want a quick, quick run through of their renewables since I sure. just found it. So every single every single Rick House is powered by solar. Um, let's see. Um, the world's first whiskey seller. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm still going, Dan. If you didn't cut me off here, um, <laughs> you, you cut out. Zero, you cut zero, out. I didn't cut you off. Zero landfill. Zero waste. Um, everything gets recycled and composted. Um, they even pulverize use glass and use it on their uh trails and whatnot around the distillery mm-hmm. um they oh, have their nice. own water sanctuary um which is completely unique to to makers That's mark what I was they talking protect about. it yeah yeah 76 acres of water um but that kind of stuff their own... is, is super important for it is like yeah cons- conservation mm-hmm. efforts right and i mean yeah the, and i remember them talking about that and we were there like if we kept on this on this path um you know there's just not gonna be enough resources for all these distilleries to keep going 20 30 years right. down the road well, when ev- everybody right now is just building rick house after rick house mm-hmm. after rick house and like and using pretty American soon you won't have barrels and yeah and you won't have any like usable green land left <laughs> you know no. so it's, yeah uh, yeah, it's important so to do that. They're doing a lot of white oak uh, research and forests. Um, they partnered with the University of Kentucky to gather 300 different variations of white oak and 5,000 different variations of trees um, to better understand the wood that makes the barrels um, and find what is the most efficient um, wood to use. And then, uh, yeah, the mm-hmm. wheat plot. And, yeah, so, I mean, they're they're doing everything that they need to do to, to be sustainable um, and, uh, you know, help out the environment whenever, wherever they can, which is always a good thing. Yep. Definitely yes, worth mentioning. All right. So anything else we do want to talk about with makers mark for today or no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Jake, what Don't, was that? If... Uh, co- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, B M mark. P.S. Sorry, it's a little long, but B.M. Mark P.S. 10% off Maker's Mark Private Selects that we have at Gold Eagle. Um, go to goldeaglewine.com or download our app on the App Store. Search Maker's Private Select. You'll find all the options that we still have in stock. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess my, my biggest thing to leave with everyone is if you haven't had Maker's Mark in a while, um or if you just want like a really, really interesting um, tasting that you think might be basic, but will probably blow you away, um, either go grab the standard options off the shelf and just compare the different proof points or go grab a couple private selects and compare the different uh, wood staves in there um, and how they uh, you know can influence the whiskey because super interesting tasting. You won't be disappointed with any of the whiskeys. Um, just a really great overall brand, uh, in my opinion. So yeah, uh, goldeaglewine.com. I'll plug us while I'm at it. Um, follow us on Instagram at goldeaglewine, follow us on Facebook at goldeaglespirits. Um, 
see what's up to date with all new deliveries and shop our Maker's Mark selection. And if nice. you listen to this podcast and you want to purchase the whole core lineup, just come talk to me. I'll probably give you a discount on it. Look at that. Look at that. Boom. While you're at it, you can ask him if he's got any Taylor in the back. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> That'll blow your you'll discount. Get a re- you'll, you'll get a reverse yeah. discount. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Jake, where can people find us? Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Bourbon Matters and Facebook. Uh, you can email us at bourbonmatters at gmail.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other podcast platforms. And you can watch us on YouTube and Spotify. Awesome. Well, we're almost to the end of our big six. Which one's next? Wild Turkey, I believe, Wild is next. Wild Turkey will and be next. And then we'll round out with Four Roses. Sounds good. That'll be the end of the big six Kentucky distilleries. We'll be able to move on from there. Um, this was fun. I was glad to drink Makers, my the one that started me with all you guys tonight. And uh, hopefully it's not the finish of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, no. I nope. think in January we're going to have a really awesome guest. It's not confirmed yet, but... Let's not say anything because every time we were going to have a guest on, it's every never time ever come guest, through. It's, it's confirmed. It, but... I'll, I'll make sure he gets on. I can text. <laughs> I can. I can text him right now. There we go. Jake's going to so seal does, the deal for us. <laughs> does Does he know? Does he know about this, or was it his, his team that reached <laughs> no, out? No, no. That's why it's not confirmed. His yet. assistant well, just got looped in, so he <laughs> well, I think know it's, soon. I, th- I think it's funny because, like, I am actually like, I talk with Raj. Goodell. <laughs> Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell. The NFL commissioner is going to be on the podcast. I would not have him on the podcast. <laughs> so, well, God, how, guess how, do you keep any secrets from anybody ever, Jake? <laughs> hey, nobody knows. Wait, wait, Roger who? Roger Goodell. Nobody knows, like, nobody did, knows who yeah. Roger is. Yeah, well, either way, um, we're on good speaking terms. I can text him right now and get him on here, but I'm curious. Does, like, I don't know if he knows like Gold Eagles affiliated with this podcast at all, or if they're just reaching out to random. Yeah, I don't know um, podcasts or what. But they already um, they already confirmed what samples they're going to send, so I would assume uh-huh. it's just a matter of finding the right scheduling time. For sure, um, but no, I mean, Dan, I sent dates like already. So. Nobody, nobody is ever going to know who this is. I mean, let's <laughs> let's let's have our listeners reach out if you have a guess on who this guest is. Yeah, and if you're correct, <laughs> Dan will get a prize. Over over under six hours after it comes out, someone has guessed it correctly. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure there. I'm pretty sure I know one person would chime in right away. Yeah, All right, maybe maybe like one or two, whatever. But well, that's, that's three quarters of our listening population. <laughs> we we don't need to jinx anything because he's gonna come on. Um, we're gonna have a, a cool special guest uh on the podcast and yeah i, I mean i i'm asking because if he doesn't know that i'm a part of the podcast we should not tell him and then we'll just all pop on here and he'll be like oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you've already texted him is the downside of this you've already texted Roger no no Goodell i haven't i haven't <laughs> okay. i, I said right. i could text him yeah okay 
All right. Good save, Jake. Good save. <laughs> yeah. No one will ever know the difference. No. All right. Awesome. So other things coming up. Uh, we have our whiskeys of the year, uh, which we'll also have a special guest for if he doesn't flake on us um, as usual. That's, that's uh, Adam Silver, <laughs> NBA commissioner. <laughs> we'll be on. Um, and then uh, the first week of January, we will have our blend off, which we've posted the rules by the time this episode comes out. Um, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I already have my base blend down and I'm getting ready to fine tune it for the rest of the month. So I'm going to walk away a champion and I won't take anything less. <laughs> so Are you going to feel bad when I put game. mine together 20 minutes before I had to leave for Gold Eagle for this and <laughs> beat you? Like, is that going to hurt a little bit? I still, I still yeah. haven't started, yeah, I, but yeah, it's, this is going to be a, it's, it's going to be good project. <clears throat> So I actually, I, I actually, think uh, I'm gonna finish so far ahead of time. I'm gonna make my ultimate blend as well. So I'm gonna have Nancy, two. A Nancy so Fraley my, proof down. No, I'm gonna do my like. I'm gonna use all my bottles that are over eighty dollars and make like the the ultimate blend. Oh, I was I was gonna say I already made one and I was like, oh shit! I just kind of like dumped a couple things together and I was like, oh shit! I'm done. This is really good. And I realized one of the bottles was above eighty bucks. So. Oh. <laughs> You gotta find a replacement and just do a one for one yeah. swap. And Dan's sitting there like, God, I hope Rob is gonna do this for me. <laughs> like I said, this is gonna be a sixth grade science project. Either my parents are gonna do it for me, or I'm gonna put something AKA together and Rob. Done. God, I, I just yeah. want I just want Dan to come in last. That's all I want. I'll take second place as long as Dan comes in last. <laughs> I like I like how he's already changed yeah. from I will take nothing less than first. But, you know what? Second place isn't bad as long as I'm ahead of Dan. Like, I mean, look, look at how quickly he changes his tune would, on anything. I'll take, uh, I will take a Dan loss over, over I would anything love to, else. I would That's love my final to win. position. I would love to win, but I'm a taster. I'm not a blender. So um, mine's just going to be – I'll tell you if it tastes good, but I'm going to be hoping – when I'm mixing stuff together. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, guys, that was fun. Uh, we'll continue the big six next week. Uh, until then, cheers. 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 cheers.